Andre, can you hear me? Can you hear me? This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody Podcast. We're in a celebratory mood right now. I am giddy. I am so happy. We are celebrating an anniversary, ladies and gentlemen. This is our 10th podcast, podcast number 10. I uh, celebrate 10 pods. Come on. I am in a happy mood. Is this, is this a big landmark episode? Is 10 like a, a big Uh-oh. thing to celebrate? Are you insane? Of course it is. This is the biggest. Uh, okay. 20 doesn't mean anything. I don't know how I'll sound 10 pods from now, but 20 means nothing. You know, one was important, but this is our biggest episode since the inaugural number one. 10, man. You only are turned you, 10 once. Are you actually dancing right now? Are we having a party? Is that what this is? We, man, we are having a... I, there's like a parade outside my house right now. This is unbelievable. Whoa. I think there's a brass band. I mean... Did I just hear someone buttering toast during your celebration? <laughs> I thought I heard that. Uh, I mean, wow, this that. is kind of like... I'm actually getting into this. This is the, the yellow music going on here. I mean... All right. I, you know, it's the pandemic and we're social distancing, but people must be outside the studio right now partying because, you know, hearing that it was our 10th because uh, there's just all sorts of uh, ancillary noise going on. Can we on just it. do this the whole time? Like, let's just, like, let's just celebrate the whole time. We're partying. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, dancing in my chair right now. Cody Column. Quite frankly, this is unbelievable. Cody Column. Go to sleep. All right. Is that the Cody Column commercial I hear? Whoa, this is what's going on here. Let's go. All right. The more you know. <laughs> I thought I just heard Juju Gotti. I mean, this is insane what's going on right now. Right. Salt and vinegar almonds and uh, wow. cheese whisk. Oh, Blake James, athletic director from Miami's here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why is someone breaking glass? That sounds dangerous. Like, let's, let's, not, let's not injure anybody. Uh, I got to calm myself down here. I'm on, a, I'm on cloud nine for this 10th podcast but um cloud 10 is where i'm at right now but look at us 10 episodes wow. in. i mean this is a milestone it really is uh we have a big show today uh you know who we have today i, I think this is the only man in the world who meets the following description hit 438 career home runs to qualify for the baseball hall of fame in cooperstown new york and presently operates a miami area funeral home in the middle of a pandemic. Who else on earth can make those two statements? Nobody, except our guest today, Andre Dawson, the Hawk. That is a really interesting story. Now, I work on the Levitard show, as you know, and we had him on last week, and I got to take a little bit of a victory lap because I made the joke that while it's a very interesting story, he doesn't exactly lead the league in energy. So are you going to be able to bring a good interview out of Andre Dawson? Yes, we're gonna we're gonna out interview the Levitard show. Quite frankly, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shrink Dan down to size by actually bringing some personality out of Andre the Hawk Dawson. Uh, oh, and and also there's another installment of uh, Greg doesn't know movies in which Christopher and my other son Michael uh, sort of gang up on me and try to stump me on what they think are basic movie questions, uh, most of which I have no idea about. It's called Greg doesn't watch movies for the love what of God. 
doesn't know movies. Oh, whatever. It's one of those things. But before we get to all that nonsense and fun and serious stuff, let's talk a little bit about uh, sports, believe it or not, because everybody always asks me, what do you do? What are you writing about now? What are you talking about? There's no sports. There's so much stuff to talk about. I'm fascinated by the idea that sports continues to, to just weave its way uh, through a dark room, not knowing what the next step's going to bring, how to figure all this stuff out. You know, the NFL is, is like, hey, business as usual. We're going to start, we're king sport. We're going to start on time. And the cautious NBA, which was the first major league to postpone its season, is, is sort of rationally saying, you know what? Not only might we not play this summer, but we're going to have to think seriously about delaying the start of our next season. So there's different directions here. Uh, you wonder how it's all going to shake out. NASCAR is returning to racing later this month, but, but albeit with no fans. So we're all just feeling our way. It's a, it's a total crapshoot. Nobody knows what's going on. And that's part of what's fascinating about it is just the not knowing. Meanwhile, uh, sports does go on. This week you had uh, Andy Dalton signing a one-year deal with the Cowboys just after Jameis Winston signed a one-year deal with the Saints. Man, I cannot believe that neither of those guys ended up with the Patriots. I know, like, but you know who's still out there? I mean, Cam Newton. I, I don't think the Patriots have enough money to sign him. This is so weird. Do the Patriots just believe in this Stidham guy? Or are they tanking for Lawrence? Maybe that's what they're doing. Are the Patriots wow. going to tank this season? Are they capable of tanking? Is Bill Belichick capable of intentionally not being a goat? I don't know. Him bringing um, in Andy Dalton, a quarterback that has been mainly mocked through his career, just felt like the right recipe. A guy that that probably is a starter in this league, but that people have mocked and that it would make Belichick look good if he did win with them. I thought Dalton had Patriots written all over it. Yeah, I, I could have seen anybody going to the Patriots because I think Belichick is so confident in his system that, that he's going to elevate Dalton. In his mind, I think Belichick is going to elevate Dalton. He's going to calm down Jameis Winston. Uh, he's going to reinvent Cam Newton. I mean, he, I think he thinks he can do whatever he wants with any quarterback. He had his choice. You know, anybody wants to go to New England. It, it's amazing, though, that Cam Newton is the guy still floating out there. Ah, sports. What else you got? You know, down here in Miami, the Miami Heat puts out a video in which uh, El Presidente Pat Riley is inspiring the downtrodden masses uh, with morsels of hope. King Pat says he thinks the Heat are close, quote-unquote, close to building a champion. Uh, and, and then, of course, the Heat thorn, Paul Pierce immediately scoffs, notes that, you know, Miami lacks the one elite transitional player, transformational player, I should say. Um, look, Miami right now is not the two L.A.s. They're not Milwaukee. I, I get what Pierce is saying, but... When you have a starting point of, of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, and you can add in young guys like Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero, you, you give them – they have some pieces to attract the whale free agent next summer. Paul Pierce sounds like a dumb dumb. okay? There's no, like, I get what he's saying. The Heat are clearly a top 10 team this season, okay? That's, that's a, the, by definition there. You're relatively close. Just get out of here with this. He's just a hater. This is sour grapes. The Heat were, were Paul Pierce's daddy, and now he's bitter because of how much of a daddy the Heat were to him. Get over it, Paul Pierce. Whether the Heat are in the conversation, whether they're, they're like everybody else, is irrelevant. The moral of the story is, is that he's sour grapes, we're his daddy, and he hates us. And that's it. And we win. Right. Again. I couldn't agree more, but I, I also want to point out that this is so 
a pandemic beef. This is such a... A peef. It is. It's a pandemic beef, a peef, because, you know, we don't have actual... We, look, we should be in the second round of the NBA playoffs right now. The Heat just won their first round playoff series. Uh, they're now getting ready to play Milwaukee in the second round. Let's talk about, you know, how uh, Bam Adebayo uh, tends to neutralize the Greek freak and how Miami actually has a chance for an upset here. But instead, we don't have the chance to talk about that kind of thing. So we have to make, make up Paul Pierce beefing against something Riley said on a video. It's just sort of ridiculous. So we, gotta, so we have to eat some Paul Pierce beef. Now I'm imagining um, painting a picture of Paul Pierce as a cooking up a beef. It doesn't have any salt in it. It's old. It's, it's outdated. It's yeah. a little overweight. And now I'm just taking shots at him. I don't know what I'm doing now. I'm going off the rails. Paul Pierce, get over yourself. Done with you. The, exactly. And, and well, th that's the last word on, on Paul Pierce. I wanted to uh, veer quickly to a, a rabbit hole discussion in these stay at home times. I don't know what you're rabbit holing about now, but I just discovered uh, Schitt's Creek, uh, the, the Canadian sitcom starring Eugene Levy and, and his family, basically. Are you, um, are you allowed to say that title or am I going to have to bleep that? No, you don't have to bleep that. It's uh, S-C-H-I-T-T, -T, which I think is a German surname but at any rate the name of the the thing is Shit's Creek uh, uh, I'm not going to say that too much because I don't want to make my bosses nervous but I think we can say that but I find it just a hilariously well written and uh, my wife and I have been uh, just binge watching that sucker we've gone from season one episode one I think now we're in the fifth season so that's been my rabbit hole um, these past couple of weeks what, uh, what are you into lately? Betting horses I started off a little rough. My wife is looking at me right now from across the room. I have had a little comeback the last like week or so. I've, I've recouped some of the stuff I invested early on in this experiment, but uh, I'm treading water. I'm not making money. I'm not losing a bunch of money, but it's taking up my time and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. In fact, uh, I, I will tell the people that you and I were on Zoom together. Uh, when was it? Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, watching the, with a few other people watching the Arkansas Derby because if you were listening to the podcast last week, you heard Clark Spencer, the former Herald sports writer, talking about uh, his horse, Governor Morris, who ran in the Kentucky Derby, finished third. Not the Kentucky Derby, not the Kentucky Derby. Or, or the Arkansas Derby. Yeah. Um, came on strong, uh, finished third. And Governor Morris, Clark Spencer's horse, uh, now is on pace to qualify for the Kentucky Derby. Can you imagine that? What a, what a great story. A friend of ours buys a small piece of a racehorse, turns out to be a great catch, and, and the horse is now headed, hopefully, to Churchill Downs. Um, now, now, since the Greg Cody show has been on the Governor Morris beat, you know, not, no one else in the podcast world is, doing, is covering Gov Governor Morris like the Greg Cody show. Right. No, we are the official podcast of Governor Morris. Do you think that we could get Clark to maybe, for like this stretch run through the Kentucky Derby, get maybe renamed the horse the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody? <laughs> coming on, 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 Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody, coming on alongside, coming on, 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 I don't know why I've turned into an auctioneer. That's yeah, not really that, like the way uh, horse racing uh, is announced. But You were an auctioneer there uh, <laughs> calling a horse race. But uh, I don't know if we can do that. I do think the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody is easier to pronounce than Governor Morris. Because Greg Cody show with Greg Cody going in second place at the Kentucky Derby. The Greg Cody show with Greg Cody. I check like it out it. Mondays at 7 a.m. You know what? I'm going to check that out. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into that. But for now, we just have to be satisfied with being the official podcast 
of Governor Morris. But let's all get but behind is, this beautiful is, gray colt. But that is exciting. He, this little horse, in, this little engine that could, that joined the Greg Cody show, could end up in the Kentucky Derby. Yes. And, uh, and so reel back to episode nine and listen to Clark talk about how he got into horse racing and, and Governor Morris and everything. And um, they, that horse that not, this is totally inside horse racing and nobody that is listening right now has any idea what I'm talking about. But that one horse charlatan that, that beat Governor Morris in this Arkansas Derby this past Saturday. Yeah. That horse is going to be a Kentucky Derby contender. You heard it here first folks. We are breaking down the Kentucky Derby, which is taking place in, I believe, November. We're breaking it down in May, and I am telling you, Charlatan, look out for Charlatan as a big favorite in that Kentucky Derby. Yeah, that horse was running like a jackrabbit, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. Well, it was running like a horse. Yeah, that's true. But uh, it would be funny if a horse ran like a jackrabbit. That would be uh, interesting, like a kangaroo race, really. But um, we ought to get onto the podcast, shall we? Well, let's do it. Now we're on to Greg doesn't no movies or watch oh, movies. I Christ can never Almighty, remember. Mighty, it's watch movies. Okay, Greg doesn't watch movies. This is an occasional feature we do on the podcast. I think this is the third time in ten pods that we've done it, and it has been met with great reaction. You guys seem to love this. Uh, but, you know, I, I make no bones about the fact that I don't go to movies. I don't know movies very much, um, and so my two sons try to stump me with simple movie questions uh, or they're not simple to me but but i do i nail some of them i miss some of them but it's usually pretty fun so let's uh let's see if we can generate a little of that mirth right now shall we all right let's do it we are back so excited to be here for this giant 10th episode <laughs> of the greg cody podcast greg you ready i'm ready i'm ready Freddy. all right here we go. First up, who played the titular character in the movie The 40-Year-Old Virgin? What the hell does titular mean? <laughs> I, know what, I know what it means. It, don't worry, it's not a bad word. Can we just say that? I mean, I can, I can tell by the context clues what it means, but I, can't we, like, what, kind of, what a pretentious word. Can't we just say the main character? People say titular. Okay. Right? Who is the, it is fitting for the type of movie it is. Who is the titular character of the 40-year-old right. virgin? Yeah, all right. I know the answer. I'm just trying uh. to think of his name. Uh. <laughs> I mean, That's he's, the, he's uh, the guy from The Office, the, bo- <laughs> the boss. It's, is he? Are you sure? Yeah. The, what's his name in The Office? Mr. Scott or something? We're not saying nothing. <laughs> I'm picturing him. I saw the 40-year-old virgin. I love the movie. Uh, um, you don't know his name. Oh, God. Kevin Scott? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what his name is. His name in The Office is Michael Scott. Michael Scott. That's, that's it. That's his actor. That's the character name in The Office. Okay, but you know that I know who it is. Yeah, but you, if you don't get his name, no, you get you it wrong. Were, you're only oh close God. to The Office name. You haven't, you're not close at all. All right, it's Steve Carell. You lose. Oh, uh, yeah. I, of course I know it's Steve Carell. <laughs> but I said Michael Scott, so that's a half <laughs> that's, point. That's not a half point. That's half credit. All right, I'm surprised. Next. I'm surprised you could actually say Michael Scott, to be honest. Thank you. All right. All right. Next one. Here we go. Name two Martin Scorsese movies. Um, <laughs> famous, famous director. Um, uh, Born on the 4th of July. That's <laughs> no. Um, Rattle off a couple for him. All right. You got The Irishman, The Departed, 
I, I was actually thinking if we were going to lose, you were going to say some old school ones like Raging Bull or Taxi Driver. Oh, man. You know, Taxi, like, I knew he directed Taxi Driver. I mean, Gangs that in one New I York. knew. Gangs in New York. Uh, you know, he's done like several Leo DiCaprio movies. Oh, for you had me so a Taxi Driver. That's a great uh, song by Steel Pulse, by the way. Taxi when, when, Driver. Right. Oh, so, won't right. talk to me. For me. Oh, won't stop, stop for me. For me. Dad, so when, when your wife got you to watch The Irishman, if I asked you who directs this, would you have been like, I don't know, uh, Martin McGillicuddy? Like, no, I would not have said Scorsese. I, I didn't know he uh, directed that movie. I know. Well, would you? you know, you got all stars in that movie. It, it directs itself. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. It's like managing all right, an all-star baseball team. How much work you really got to do? All right, do? moving on. This next one, it's a little bit in the uh, similar range. But the only reason we would ever ask you these types of things is because of how famous these guys are. Where are you broadcasting from today? The moon? Wait, why? Because your voice is terrible. I could barely, you were breaking up in that last question. Sounds like you're, you're in a submarine. <laughs> well, part are of you in a submarine, son? No, part of, you saw right. I was in the car. All right, Michael's broadcasting from a submarine. All right, let's continue. Here we go. Next one. Name two Quentin Tarantino movies. Oh, my God. Well, one of them is uh, a no-brainer. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, Pulp Fiction. That's why we made you name two, because we knew you'd get that one. Okay, uh, now it gets tough. I, I, oh, my God. I love it that he says one. it like, like a guy who knows things, and then right after one, all right, now it gets tough. Um, give me a hint. No! Uh, Pulp Fiction 2? <laughs> Was there a sequel? The Quentin uh, Tarantino story. Was there a sequel? If so, I, I nailed the sequel. No. no. All right, next question. What, uh, <laughs> what movie has the famous line, you can't handle the truth? Oh, gosh. Nicholson, Jack Nicholson said it. Oh, God. Now I just got to come up with a movie. I mean, you know, you do get like... You heart, can't handle the truth. <laughs> um, no, I can't come up with it. I mean, I know it's Nicholson. That's half a credit for me. This is such a good batch this week because we have you, like, you know these answers, but you don't. Right. In this case, I just can't come up with the name of the movie. You're going to say it and I'll go, oh, yeah. It's uh, A Few Good Men. Okay. The Army Man, like I said. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go to the next one. Will Greg get one right today? I've gotten half credit on several of them. Mm, No. On several of them, yeah. Because that's what we're doing. Anyway, here we go. What movie has the famous line, you had me at hello? Uh, Sleepless in Seattle. No, I just I just had your. Oh my god! I thought sure I was right on that. Damn, that's the, that's the first one where I would have bet big that that I was right on that. And you would have lost. So what is the other one that that I missed? Wait, 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 wait. Let me try this. Here's another very memorable line from the movie we're talking about right now, where he said, "You had me at hello." Right. Here's some. Okay. You ready for you ready for another line? Yeah. Show me the money. That's the one about the uh, the agent, the sports yep. agent. Mm-hmm. Oh, Just gosh. no answers. You have no answers in you. I'm thinking. I don't thinking. Know. I'm thinking. Not much is happening. I don't know. <laughs> Tom Tom Cruise. Do you? He's like, is that it? <laughs> I yeah, whatever. It's not the, the Tom the Cruise agent story. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it, it's Jerry Maguire. Oh God. Okay. Yeah, I should have gotten that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you but, don't know these things. All right. All right. Moving on. The next question. Name one actor in the movie Superbad. Oh, God. <laughs> um, 
this might be your best performance so far. Yeah, who's, man, uh, you don't know anything, Dad. Who's that youngish, he- heavy actor? <laughs> yep. Once again, you have it, but you don't. I love you know, that he says, damn. who's that youngish? <laughs> yeah, and I never thought much of him, quite frankly. I don't know why he became that popular. Got a very generic name as well. No wonder I can't remember it. He, no, he doesn't really. What do you mean? You know I know the movie. I don't know there's which one in, you're talking about. I think I there's a like scene there's... in the movie involving a staircase. What? <laughs> I feel like you're, I, you could either be thinking of two guys right now, the guy that wrote this movie or the guy that starred in the movie. Yeah, uh, but give, not, give me the yeah, two names, names and I'll are, tell you. Their names aren't that generic. Right? No, they're both in it because the guy that wrote it did act in it. So either of these could be right. All right, I'll tell you the name I was thinking of. Give me okay. the names. Seth Rogen. And? Jonah Hill. Neither. Oh, I, w- I think I was picturing Jonah Hill, but thinking of the name Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seriously. I, know, I mean, that, that's how close I was. Oh, that, generic, so that generic Seth Rogen. <laughs> All right, here we go. Name one teammate that Michael Jordan had in the movie Space Jam. Boy, I never saw that. <laughs> um, that was a cartoon, right? It was like half cartoon, half yeah. regular. Um, I'm gonna say Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Are you what? That you, no? you say? You say a real teammate? Like I thought he was in it. Did you know that he teamed up with the Looney Tunes? Oh yeah, movie? give me another guess. Um, <laughs> Yosemite, Yosemite Sam. Oh my God! Yeah, he was probably in it. You also could have said Bill Murray. Is Yosemite Sam the the silly rabbit guy? Yosemite Sam is the big, long, uh, like, ginger uh, mustache. I can yeah. – I don't know if that guy was in it. He might have been. I can't believe that's the – like, that's the Looney Tune you name? Yeah, I love Yosemite Sam. I know. Most would say just Bugs Bunny. All right, so that's a credit. I get, I get one point. No, no you're definitely no. wrong. We had All to right. tell you it was Looney Tunes. All right, have I gotten one right yet? No, no. No, you're, no, you're really oh, bad. Lord. All right, next question. Name the famous poker movie – Starring Matt Damon and Edward Norton. We might as well just go to the next one. Famous poker movie. I didn't know there was a famous poker movie. <laughs> Honestly, this is probably the hardest one of today's batch. But I've everyone been... knows. Like, while it's one of the hardest ones we've asked you today, it's still so easy. Exactly. I mean. Yeah, there's no chance you would get this. Dad, I can't believe you didn't know this. The movie is Rounders. Oh, God. Uh, what a bad name for a poker movie. <laughs> It should have been shove it to the middle or all in or something. Dad, between the two actors, Matt Damon and Edward Norton, name one movie. Well, first of all, Edward Norton stole the name of Ed Norton from the Honeymooners, <laughs> so I've never uh, respected his work. Is that is, could there be any more of a Greg Cody response to the question I asked than what he just said? <laughs> Can you name an Edward Norton or Matt Damon movie? Uh, yes. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> okay, Matt Damon starred in that romantic comedy set around Red Sox in Fenway Park. <laughs> but I can't think of the name of it. No, he didn't. <laughs> Damon would be offended by that. Uh, I can't think of it. Hey, what, what was that, the name of that movie? Beaver Pitch. Beaver Pitch. And that was, okay, that's it, what was also, it was also it's, Jimmy Fallon. It starred, that's Jimmy, my Fallon. Final answer. It starred Jimmy Fallon, not Matt it Damon. did? <laughs> Jimmy Fallon right, starred in the right. movie? Wow, you are doing really bad today. All right, moving on. Well, the questions are too hard. All right, here we go. Last question. Which of these three names is an actual real-life actor? Charlie Morton, Chet Stedman, Sam Rockwell. 
I know that answer. What? I couldn't name a single movie he's ever been in or picture his face, but the correct answer is Sam Rockwell. Ah! Uh, it was too accurate. You realize what just happened right there? We had a no-hitter going. It was the bottom of the ninth, two outs, two strikes, and you nubbed one over the second baseman's head. I did. You just right. like hit a little BS blooper over the second right. baseman's head. And even at that, I was almost thrown out at first. But that we love, though, the routes of those questions because you only got that because of how like much that, that, that you, you think that that's an actor, Sam Rockwell. But do you know who the other two men are? I, I assume they were made-up names. Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton, the last two years, has been like a top five Cy Young pitcher in the major okay. leagues. Okay, never heard of him. <laughs> I know, I know that. That's why he was What's there. the other guy, Jeff Chet Stedman? Chet is a, you know, it's a, a character. Hello, Michael, you broke up there. It's Chet Stedman. Do you have any clue who that is? No, God no. <laughs> Chet Stedman is uh, a character in the movie uh, Rookie of the Year. Have you seen well, you Rookie? said <laughs> Stedman. I thought you said Deadman. Have you like, seen? Like Dead Man's Curve by Jane and Dean. Oh, so you know it now that it's Chet Stedman? No, but it, uh, I thought you said Deadman. <laughs> Greg, have you seen Rookie of the Year? Deadman Tell No Tales. What? Oh, <laughs> no, I have not seen Rookie of the Year. Let's end on that note. That's, uh, that's how we do this. Greg breaks up a no-hitter in the ninth inning with an answer that he actually didn't even really know, but he just kind of knew. Victory is mine! He was both great and awful today, folks. Okay. All right. That was fun, as always. Really enjoy um, jousting with my two sons over my relative lack of uh, cinematic knowledge. It will never not amaze me how <laughs> some of the most common knowledge. So you don't even have to see a lot of these movies. We're asking you such obvious questions of just like who starred in this movie. You don't have to see that movie to know who starred in it. Your lack of pop culture and just keeping up with it is astounding. Your movie knowledge is deceased. Okay. That's a segue. That's a good segue because right now we're talking with a man who's in the business of death, uh, a man who is a beloved ex-Chicago Cub, ended his career with the Florida Marlins, of course, the then Florida Marlins, and he went on to a career in the funeral business, Andre Dawson did. Not only did we have a fun conversation with Andre Dawson, but we had a fun time trying to get him on to Zoom. I was ready to strangle myself trying to get Greg Cody and Andre Dawson on a Zoom together. Okay, so he's all of a sudden just going to magically appear on the screen? No, I mean, I'm going to let you know when he's trying to get in. I just sent him the emails. So okay. you, could, you could text him if you want that the email has been sent. If not, you don't have to. I will just to double the chances that we start this promptly. We just emailed you the Zoom link, period. Ready when you are, period. Hey, that kind of thing. Boy, I, we got a problem with your email. Andre Dawson just texted me back saying it hasn't come through yet. I think it's more AOL.com's problem than mine, honestly. The only two men still in America with AOL. Only three men, Andre Dawson, Greg Cody, and Dan Lembertard. <laughs> okay, now how do I... Text him this Zoom link. I have no idea how to do that. Go to your the, the message that I sent you in your Twitter. Okay, message. you can't do it? Dad, I just, my email's obviously not working. This okay, is what do I do? Talk me through it. Go to the message. You know how to highlight something? Go over the, the, the link. What message? 
<laughs> go to your Twitter messages with me. You see the link? I'm getting there. Hang on. Right click on the link. I'm not there yet. Give me a minute. Christ. Okay, I see your message. Now what do I do? Now right click on the link. Right click on the link. On the Zoom link? Yes. Okay. You see copy? Copy link address? Yes. Yeah. Now go to an email, compose an email to Andre Dawson, and then click paste. Just tried emailing you the link again, period. Beginning to think it could be an AOL.com issue, period. I just texted it to him. We also just texted you the link as well, period. Do you know that Andre Dawson and I are like exactly the same age? He's like, <laughs> he's like two months older than me. I'm September and he's July. This is such a debacle. We should just post this 10 minutes of like trying to get him on. All right, he just says, my phone keeps flashing Zoom name invalid. That means he hasn't created a, a Zoom account. He Actually. says he did. Christ almighty. You created a Zoom account, right? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> Keep in mind, he's a guy my age who literally had never heard of Zoom until I mentioned it to him last night. When I said you created a Zoom account, right? He said, yes. I don't know what to tell you. Just... Humor me and try sending him the link one more time. Oh, here he is. Here he is. He's trying to get in. Hey, connecting the audio. Good sign. Andre, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I, I can see. I don't know if you can hear me. I can see you. There should be a button at the bottom left to unmute yourself. Yeah, Andre, there should be a, bo a button at the bottom left that looks like a little microphone to <laughs> unmute yourself. Can you hear me now? Yeah, all right. Okay. We did, we did it. <laughs> Believe me, Andre, I had never heard of Zoom until about a month ago. So I'm, uh, right, I'm right with you on, uh, on learning all this stuff. I didn't hear about it until last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're almost exactly the, the same age, so we're just a couple of dinosaurs trying to um, right. hack our way through technology here. <laughs> um. We're honored to be speaking with Andre Dawson, the great Hall of Fame baseball player, 438 career home runs, eight-time All-Star, 1987 NL Most Valuable Player, Cooperstown's finest. Andre, I wanted to talk about the, the strangeness of the contrast in, in your two lives. Um, you're, you became famous uh, playing in front of cheering crowds in your latter career, you're in the business of grief and death. You're trying to console people uh, who have just lost a loved one. Can you talk about that that strange contrast in, in what you used to do and what you do now? Well, it's by far the complete opposite of what I'm used to. Uh, but I think in some form or fashion, baseball kind of prepared me for where I am in life today. Being humble, learning how to adjust to individuals that is that make up the teammates and trying to grasp being a leader in the process it was a bit morbid initially but you know i've grown to know and understand that it's something that it's immeasurable what you can do and you bring to these families at a, a point in time when you know it's most critical for them andre you're born and raised miami uh you're well known down here in in the conduct of your current business do any grieving families sort of look at you funny and go, are you the hawk? Uh, you know, Greg, I had one instance that 
really jumps out at me. I was actually uh, over near the ballpark. I uh, went out uh, assisting on a removal, and I was greeted at the front door by a young gentleman who he kind of paused. Uh, uh, you could tell that uh, he uh, had been shedding tears in a sense, and he paused and he looked at me, and he didn't say anything. And then he stared, and out of nowhere he said, a hawk. And I said, yes. He said, wow. He said, wait right here. And he started smiling. And he said, wait right here. And sure enough, about a minute later, he reappeared with a family album, album in which he removed the photo and he had a picture of me that I took with him at what was Pro Player Stadium at the time. Oh, wow. And he was, he was about 12 years old. And he said, this is a picture that I took with you before a game that the Marlins was playing. I said, wow, uh, so you still recognize me, even though this was uh, probably about 30 years later. And he said, yes. And he said, thank you. He said, I can't thank you enough. And I said, well, don't thank me. I'm just you know, here to do my job and whatever other necessary means I could be of help to you, just let me know. That's a, that's a sweet memory. Andre, I wanted to also speak to you about you're not only in, in the business of death, so to speak, as a funeral home operator, but you're in that business at the time of COVID-19 when uh, a, a pandemic is killing people all over the world, including in our community. Can you talk about what that coronavirus uh, plague has meant to your business? Well, Greg, I tell you, it's been a game changer because you uh, got to adhere to the ordinance and all of the procedures and standards that are changing daily. For me, the most critical thing is the safety of individuals. And that, you know, includes my staff and all of the mourners who may come into a service. So we do practice social distancing. Uh, we try to adhere to the fact that there's only 10 people uh, that can come in at a time doing a viewing, which may require, a, you know, a family viewing initially, and then the public. You know, then we got to take special, special caution mm -hmm. when we're dealing with the COVID cases because the parameters are a lot different. Andre, I want to let you go in a, after just a couple more quick questions. And it's very well known that uh, you and others were let go unceremoniously by the new regime of the Marlins when they came in and, and that there were some bitter feelings over that and, and understandably so. And I wonder, uh, the Hall of Fame weekend has been canceled for this year. Had it gone on in July, uh, would you have attended the ceremony honoring Derek Jeter or would you have purposely avoided it based over feelings that are still a little bit raw? Well, you know, I had time to think about it. Initially, I said that I didn't want to return to Cooperstown this year because it, there wasn't any bitterness. I understand, fully understand, let me say, that management do what they do for their reasons. It's their money, their ball club, and they a lot of times go a, a different direction. My stance all along was it probably could have been handled a little bit better, a little bit more uh, from a professional standpoint. That's kind of what I really initially had a problem with. And uh, in making my decision, I just felt that I didn't want to be in Cooperstown and be around that particular type of crowd in the same hotel uh, that, that's the Marlin contingent, I'm thinking. I'm talking a uh, four, three-day weekend. I knew it probably would have been 
uh, just uncomfortable and passion for them as it was for me. Again, initially, uh, I, I had no qualms about being let go, uh, not being rehired. It was just the whole concept of how they're going to go about it, you know, what the economics involved was particularly. And for me, it was ultimately like a slap in the face. It was an insult. It, it could have been easier handled by just saying, look, we're going a different direction. You know, this is the, the, the decision that we've made. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on baseball without fans? I don't really like it. I understand the whole concept of getting the game reared up and going again. But for me, it would be like playing a B game uh, on the backfield during spring training. And it's very emotion-driven, the game that is. You play the game for the fans. And you got to understand, do you want to get a haircut or do you want to go ball-headed? Uh, that's, that's the difference in the decision that you, that you have to make. Right. But you got to start somewhere. It's, it's not going to be a perfect season. It's not going to be a good season, regardless of how we get it off the ground and how we get started again. Andre, with that, uh, we'll let you go. You've, um, you've done baseball and, and done Miami proud for a long time, and uh, I thank you for joining us on the podcast. Okay, Greg, thank you, and uh, thank you for helping me figure this thing out. <laughs> Stay well, and, and now uh, click the red button that says leave meeting. <laughs> okay, take care. All right, be well. All right, you too. Hey, thanks, Andre Dawson. Appreciate that. Uh, Good stuff from you. Uh, It's not often you get to talk to a guy who owns a funeral home in the middle of a pandemic and who also happens to be a Hall of Famer. What a weird story. Uh, Hey, we want to thank everybody, podcast family, for joining us on The Greg Cody Show again this week. This was episode 10. It's our anniversary episode. We had a lot of fun celebrating that. Uh, Made some noise early. Hey, get, get out of here, goat. The party's over. We're turning to podcast episode 11 right now, and I know you all will be back here to join us next week. Meantime, thanks so much for riding along with us, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.